grateful support for us um, in Romania, especially nowadays when we're trying to adjust with the new normal. New normal being uh, having uh, uh, Ukrainian refugees all over the country. Uh, we are estimating that just in our city, uh, there are about seven to 8,000 Ukrainians and uh, uh, probably around uh, 1.5 million Ukrainians in Romania as of today. And winter is coming. If some of you uh, are not even thinking about that uh, because Tennessee is still nice. Uh, it's hot, it's, it's humid, uh, and, and it's, it's still nice, but um, uh, that part of the world, you know, Ukraine especially, they get uh, uh, winter a little bit earlier, and they are, uh, we are expecting a different uh, way, uh, another wave of um, immigrants coming to Romania and uh, coming to our uh, uh, area. We are in constant contact with the people. Uh, they are every, you know, there are eight hours difference, and we are always getting the messages while I'm asleep. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I have probably 30 uh, to 50 messages from the Ukrainians. Uh, somebody ne else needs a room. Somebody else uh, needs something to eat. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm 6,000 miles away. I cannot do it. I, I just, I just, uh, but uh, thank you for your support. And it was such a, uh, such a great blessing. Today's the 180th day of war. Not sure how much uh, you know about the, and, and uh, watching your media doesn't really cover it, unfortunately, I'd say, but there are hundreds of people dying, and then there are uh, thousands of people that are dislocated from their homes every day, and uh, they are running from the war. Uh, so thank you for your support. Also, just want to uh, say thank you so much to uh, Brother Mark and uh, Miss Sandy Harris for allowing us to uh, stay in your home. Listen, uh, uh, we, we're blessed. Uh, having our own pool, listen, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's something you can always look, uh, can be looking forward to come back to. Uh, and, and, you know, he made a mistake of saying you're always welcome into our house. So I might just take him up on that. Um, you know, uh, we had the privilege to uh, visit uh, UT. Uh, we have a 16 years old son and uh, he's thinking about, uh, I just found out that term, I hope I'm not misusing it, dual enrollment. Okay, so um, met with uh, uh, Dan Allen and his family, and, and uh, we had a great time at uh, Tennessee Tech, and um, also uh, had a great time watching a football uh, game uh, the other day, which is nothing but rugby with the right equipment, if you ask me. Uh, 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 but but uh, it, was, it was good. Uh, Brad Moore was trying to explain to me, you know, the... Uh, uh, first half and I'm like well of course if there's a first half there's a second half you know and there are four quarters and um, you know they are having to run I'm like okay there's no concept of American football in Europe you know what I'm saying so uh, you just see 12 I mean 22 people uh, fighting each other for uh, kind of you know a spherical whatever sh weird shaped ball and you're thinking why you know uh, I mean you know I'm pretty sure they make enough money to buy their own I mean, you know, they, they, they can go home with it and, and just have fun, but no, they fight for one. But anyway, uh, so I uh, uh, just want to say thank you for taking us there. And we've been at the Ark, which was also awesome. Uh, for those of you that have not been there, listen, I'm blessed. Uh, I was able to go there. It's, it's an awesome experience. I would encourage you to, to go. Now back to, uh, uh, back to the scripture. I'd, I'd like for you to open your Bibles in 1 John uh, in chapter 2. And uh, today we're going to be continuing, uh, it's weird to say that, isn't it? Uh, continue, uh, continuing our study in the book of John. 
um, this past week, I, I listened to your pastor uh, sermon uh, from last Sunday uh, multiple times. And, and one of the things that uh, uh, one of the things that got my attention was uh, uh, when when he uh, was saying this. There are people in our churches, there are people in our uh, uh, communities that uh, claim to know Christ and uh, claim to be saved. And once they claim that, they use that as a license to sin. Because yeah, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved, and, and that's right. Once you're saved, you're always saved. But but. There are so many people in our uh, communities that uh, uh, are, are misunderstanding the fact that uh, once you're saved, uh, you can live however you want. Now, John, when he's writing his uh, uh, books, he's writing with a certain purpose. For instance, uh, when he's writing the Gospel of John, he's writing uh, saying, listen, uh, in, in John chapter 20, he says, uh, I'm, I'm writing you this so that you know that whoever believes in the Son of Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, will have everlasting life. Uh, this is why I'm, I'm not hiding you why I'm writing. I'm, I'm, I'm writing you so that you know how you can get saved. Then, then in, in uh, his epistles, he's writing, uh, in, in, in chapter 5, he says, uh, I want you to be sure of your salvation. Whoever has the Son has everlasting life. I wrote you this so you know. Not guess, not uh, uh, hope. No, no, he says, I'm writing you these things so you may know that you, that believing in the Lord Jesus Christ have everlasting life. When he's writing Revelation, he, uh, uh, he's writing in, and he wants to comfort the suffering, comfort the, the saved. Now, now, John in 1 John chapter 2, uh, he's, and, and not just in chapter 2, but, but in the whole book, he's repeating one expression that got my attention. And, and uh, if you look in the uh, book of John, you're going to see in John chapter 1, verse 6, and then verse 8, and then in verse eight, uh, 10, he's repeating this. If we say, if we say, if we say, and, and you're thinking, okay, what's wrong? It's just like John heard some kind of conversation among us. Uh, in, in which we, we just talk uh, honestly to each other and we just say, well, well you, know, you know, I'm saved. Uh, have you heard people saying, I'm, I'm saved? And you're looking, looking at them and there are no evidence whatsoever. But, but they claim to be. So th this morning, I'm gonna be, we're going to be looking at four levels on how you can know Christ. And, and there's going to be um, uh, a claim, there's going to be a question, and there's going to be a conclusion. So I want you to... Uh, uh, open your books in 1 John chapter 2, and uh, we're going to start in, um, in verse uh, 3 and 4. Now, the Bible says, uh, 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 in verse 3 and 4, uh, he says, it says this, Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, he who says, that again, he who says, I know him and does not keep his command commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Well, John says, the claim is this, we claim we know Jesus. And there are so many people in our world, uh, and especially you come from Romania. Listen, in Romania, 89% of the population is Christian. The, everybody knows Christ. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're always, always encountering people saying that uh, uh, they know Christ. So this is the claim. M many people say, I know Christ. Well, John says, you have to test that, you have to question that. Not because he wants to play the devil's advocate, but he wants to make, to, to make sure that you know him. So the question is, if you claim, I know him, the, the, the question is, 
uh, do you keep his commandments? And the conclusion is, I want to obey him. Now, uh, in the world we live in, many people are cl claiming that they know Christ. The question is, do we obey, do we obey his commandments? And I always ask myself, what, is, what does it mean to obey his commandments? The word used here in the, gospel, in the uh, epistle of John chapter 2 is a sailing word. It was used among the people that were navigating the seas. In those times, uh, when they were navigating during, uh, uh, during the nighttime, uh, they would have a, what they call a watchman. A guy that was solely devoted to look at a star that they were following so that they would know exactly where they're going to have to end the, the, their journey. So he would just stay there, but the, the, uh, for, for the, those of uh, us that have been in the army, you know, you can do that only for three hours. Every three hours, somebody will come and change you. This is, when I was in the army, that's what they did. You know, the, uh, I, was, I was watching for three hours, and then somebody else would come, and we have our uh, conversation, and you had to a certain answer, and then he would come and take my place. Now, when that happened on the ship, somebody had to come and say, Listen, see that star up above? Yes, that, that's the star. Don't, don't, lose, don't lose track of it. That's what we're, what we're following. They would change places, and that's how the journey was safely done. Nowadays, we're not using uh, 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 stars to navigate. No, some, you know, you, we, we're using phones, right? GPS. Got to go to the ark the other day uh, uh, with my wife, my son, and, and brother Mark. Well, it was all fine when he was driving because uh, uh, he knew exactly where he was going. And, and he was driving, and, and we got there safely. Now, uh, we enjoyed the day, and when we came back, he said, Elijah, would you like to drive? You never say no to that. You just say yes, you know. Uh, um, and, and I said, yes, absolutely, I'll, I'll gladly do it. I'll gladly do it. So I got in the car, and I, I pulled out my phone, and... Punch in the address, you know, 5580 Bobbling Road, Cookville, Tennessee, 38501. What's so hard, you know? So uh, all of a sudden, you know, you pulled up and, and there's a lady talking to you. And, and, and she says, okay, uh, you know, in, in, in 12 miles, you take the exit number, you know, so, and then she, she's quiet. Uh, Lady quiet, that's, uh, uh, but, but anyway, um, but, but then she's quiet, you know, and, and, and she, you, you're going and all of a sudden as you approach that uh, exit, it says, well, take exit number, uh, you know, so uh, I, I looked at the sign and if you're a guy, you know, I'm 47, sometimes, most of the times you know better than the GPS, okay? Uh, uh, and, and I looked at Brother Mark and I said, Brother Mark, are we taking, are we taking this exit? And he looked at me and said, well, you're driving. So I was like, well, so much so for help. Uh, uh, but, but I didn't say that. I didn't say that, you know. So, but, but I saw that there was a blue sign there, something about the parkway, and you have to pay something. So I said, I, I don't want to pay anything. We're going to keep on going straight. So we went on uh, going straight. And, and the GPS said, first exit to the right. And, and sh she doesn't mind interrupting your driving. But, but the city, uh, uh, and I, all of a sudden, I heard another voice saying, you have no idea where you're going. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the GPS. That was somebody else. Uh, uh, that, that was uh, uh, Claudia, uh, uh, my wife, uh, and, and the, 
the question is, and this is the first level, I know him. Question is, do you keep a watchful eye on his word? Conclusion, I want to obey him. You can verify that according to how much time you're spending in the scripture. Well, the question is, how much time are we spending in the scripture? How much time are we spending in the word, in prayer? And how much time are we devoting uh, in our relationship to Christ? Well, well brother, don't, don't ask me that. I always get, especially, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm working with a lot of uh, young people. <clears throat> One thing that I've, I've learned is that young people don't wake up early. I mean, they, they just don't, man. You, if they don't have an alarm clock, you think they are dead. They, they can't sleep for 36 hours straight. Uh, they would wake up just to eat and go back. I'm, I'm sorry. Should not say because there are a lot of young people here. But, but uh, you know, uh, you're thinking they're dead. And, and uh, then all of a sudden everything has to be done in a rush. You know, you go to school in a rush. You, you, you uh, take a shower. You know, you uh, jump into your car or... Just go there, and everything is done in rush, and, and you forget about investing in the relationship with Christ. And you claim you know him. And our church, has, uh, this is the problem, you know, our church are sometimes flooded with people that claim that they know Christ. People that don't ask if they obey his word, his commandments, but they want to obey Christ. Now, now, John says, listen, this is just the first, the, the first level. So the, the question is, are you willingfully spending time in the scripture? The, the second level, uh, uh, John goes and, and he says in, in verse, you, you can go in verse, uh, in verse 5. And uh, verse 5 says, uh, says this, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Okay, so the second claim, I'm in him. The first level, I know him. Second level is, I'm in him. All of a sudden, things are changing. Well, uh, some of you are probably going to ask me, well, wait a second, uh, uh, especially if you study theology, wait a second, if you know Christ, aren't you in Christ? Yes, you are. Because this is the first thing that's changing, your position. You know, from, the, from, from being uh, in the darkness, you're in the light. From being in death, you're in life. From being in the evil one, you're now in the Son of Christ, in the Son of God, in Christ. But John says, listen, uh, the second level is when you are in him. And um, the question is, do you keep his word? And the conclusion is, I want to please him. Now, let me explain that. Because some of you are thinking, okay, well, wait a second. Isn't it the same to keep his commandments and obeying his word the same thing? No, it's not. And, and if you look in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, this is what John says. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. And listen to the second part. And do those things that are pleasing 
to him. Now, it's, it's one thing to try to obey Christ, obey God, and it's totally different to try to be pleasing to the Lord. Uh, when, when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice that we, th they heard out of heavens saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It is, it is, the first level is to know him and try to obey him. And the second level is to please him. I, I'll try to illustrate that for you. And some of you are 16 years old. You're, I hope you don't get offended by, by this. But, but um, uh, any parents having 16 years old here? God bless you. Oh, bless your heart. Um, listen, I have a son, 16 years old. Uh, he's, 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 he's a blessing to me and to us. But I'll tell you, uh, you know, some of the time, teenagers have just one word in their vocabulary when they are 16. And that is whatever. You, pro you probably don't relate to that. But I think that uh, sometimes I, I honestly thought that teenagers are, is God's re revenge on humankind. I, I think he just said, listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, how about let them create someone in their own image that would deny their existence? It's a moment that doesn't exist. It's, I, I always thank God for the first years of Chris's life, my son's. Um, they go, they go to bed normal, and for some reason, one morning, they wake up weird. And, and you're thinking, what did I go wrong? I mean, last night, they were fine. And, and listen, I, I thank God that, they are, that we, we don't get kids just teenagers. Because if we would get them just teenagers, we would really understand why they're, the animals eat their youngs. I mean, I'll I, I tell you. Uh, no offense, okay. Uh, but let me, let me explain that. What, did, what does it mean to, uh, to, to be pleasing to someone? I was coming home from uh, shopping with my son and with my wife. I don't do shopping. I, I, uh, you know, I let them uh, shop. I, I, I'm staying in the car and I'm typing and writing. Uh, and, and they come with bags. And, and I was driving home. I really needed to, to go uh, inside. And as I was going inside, uh, I, I told my son, I said, son, grab the bags and bring them inside. Daddy has to go inside. So I went inside and I forgot to tell my son, hey, don't, don't take your phone with you. You know, uh, it's just, that's, if, if you're getting ready to have a 16 years old, that's the main rule. Don't take your phone with you. Um, and, and I was like, okay. Uh, so I, I did something and, and all the, you know, it was like 10, 15 minutes later that he came in the house with the bags. And I was like, that was just, that was too long for him to get the bags from the driveway inside the home. I was like, I, I looked at him, I, I went to Chris, I said, Chris, look at me, look, look at daddy, okay. And just, it took you too long. What, what, what did you do? So, if you have a 16-year-old, uh, you know that look. And when they look at you, they're like, oh, God. 
They, so he said, Dad, listen, listen. You asked me to get the bags inside. And, and when I went to the car, I saw that your car was a mess. So what I did is I, I went and I got the vacuum cleaner and I vacuumed your car. Now it's spotless. It's, it's, when, when that happens, you look at your son, you, you say, who are you? What did you do to my son? But, 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 but I, I did not say that, you know. Uh, so I was absolutely amazed. I was like, come again? He said, Dad, you know, I, I cleaned your car. And, you know, that took me about 10 minutes. It's hot outside. Anyway. Now listen. What did I tell him? Bring the bags inside. Had it been, would he be obeying me if he would have just brought the bags inside? Could you say that? Would that be fair? I told him, bring the bags inside. Had he just, bring the bags inside, would he be obeying me? Yes. But when he got the vacuum cleaner and cleaned my car, well, guess what? That's not just obeying your dad. That's, just try, that's trying to be pleasing to your dad. You see the difference? John says, listen, we claim we know Christ. Good. Do you keep his commandments? Then I want to obey him. Then, then he says, the second level is, I'm in him. Okay. The question is, do you keep his word? The conclusion is, I want to be pleased. By God. I want, I want to be uh, pleasing to God. And John says, okay, um, there's another level. So if you look with me in uh, 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 verse 6, he says, uh, again, he, he says, he who says, and again, he repeats, repeats that. He says, he abides in him, ought himself also to walk. Just as he walked, just as Jesus walked. So this is the th third level. There's a third claim. Not only that we know him, not only that we obey him, abide in him, but also not only that, that we uh, know him, that uh, we are in him, but also that we abide in him. And the question is, Are you walking as Jesus walked? This is what verse 6 says. Uh, he says, uh, uh, okay, uh, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. Now, I don't know about you, but I know myself. I know myself better than anybody else knows me. Only God knows me better than I know myself. And being honest with myself, I know I'm not walking just as Jesus is walking. And, and John says, listen, the third level is I abide in him. What does it mean? It means that Christ, it is now your boundaries. It means that you cannot do whatever you want. I heard so many people saying, well, I'm saved. I can live however I want. No, you can't. 
What do you mean by that, I can't? Well, if you want to be pleasing to Christ, the expectations are higher. And, and John says, I abide in him. Good, that's a claim. The question is, are you walking, are you like him? Are you uh, 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 walking like Jesus walked? And the conclusion is, if you do that, you're going to be like Christ. Now, what he's not talking about here is sinless perfection. He's, John is not talking here about sinless perfection. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just like Christ. I'm never going to sin. No, no. And I know that because uh, in, in chapter 2, the first verse, he says, I write you this so you may not sin. But if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He says, listen, I'm, I'm not talking about sinless perfection. When we say I abide in him, that he's my boundaries, that I breathe Christ. He's not talking about absolutely no sin. Because we all know sin is possible and very probable. As a matter of fact, I remember a, a time when uh, Jesus was with his disciples. It was right the night when he was crucified. And, and he was talking to his disciple, disciples and he said, listen, tonight every single one of you will find the fault in me. And some of you, one of you is going to is, is gonna, uh, sell me. Uh, how, how's the term in English? The, no, that's Peter. But Judah was betrayed. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. But one of you is going to betray me. You know what, what the question was? Out of every single disciple's mouth? Is it me, Lord? And we're talking about people that were with Jesus 24-7. And John says, listen, when I say that you abide in Christ, I'm not talking about sinless perfection. But I'm talking about your preoccupation 24-7 to be like Christ. To be in Him and be like Him. Now last level. It is found in, <coughs> brothers, in, in, in verse 7. Uh, and he says this, brothers, I write, I write no uh, new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning, the old commandment is that the world which you heard from the beginning, again, a new commandment I write to you, which <clears throat> thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because he's in the dark because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The final level in which John is talking about spiritual life, about being a Christian, it is the claim is I'm in the light. The question, it is, do you have hate in your heart? See, John is not saying, do you love your spouse? Do you love your neighbors? Do you love your friends? Do you love your enemies? No. 
The question for being in the light is, is there any hate in your heart? This is the reason we always have to ask ourselves, how is our heart? Because see, the Bible says, out of one spring cannot come out, uh, you know, drinking water and bitter water. We're not interested if you love somebody. John is not interested if, if you claim to be in the light, he's not interested if, if you have some love. He's interested if you have any hate in your heart. And he says, the conclusion to that is, if you don't have any hate in your life, then the joy of your life is to bring people to Christ for his glory. That's the conclusion. It, and and there, there's, always, there's always people like this that are enjoying their Christian life, they are living in the light, and they are drawing people to Christ for His glory. Now, one thing that I've learned <clears throat> in being a pastor was that... Um, when people are coming into our church, new people are coming into our church. They don't really care much about our music. And Andy, listen, it, you did an outstanding job. You blessed my heart. They, but, but, but people, when they come into the church, they, they are not really interested in how good the preacher is. And, and, and Scott, no offense. I'm, 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 we're, we're both pastors. You do a wonderful job. I'm listening to your messages every week. If people are to stay in our churches, they're going to stay if when they walk into the building, they'll say, man, I don't know about that music or that preaching, but boy, I can tell you one thing about that church. They love each other and they love us. And if they can say that, and if they can see that, and if they can feel that, listen. They're never going to leave the church. And John says, one of the things, if you really want to be in the light, you're going to have to love your brother. And, and the people that, that he wrote, you know, uh, uh, are wondering always, well, wait, wait a second, John, you said that it's a new commandment and it's, you said it's, a, it's an old commandment. Oh, John, tell me, is it a new commandment? Is it an old commandment? What, what is it? And John says, yes. And you look at him and say, well, what do you mean, yes? Is it new or old? And John says, yes. Because what John wants to convey to me and to every single one of us is the definition of love never changed. We all know God is, say, love. And that's the old commandment, God is love. The new commandment has to do with the demonstration, with the expressing of the love that we say we carry. The difference is, now you have a model. And John was the last disciple uh, uh, to die, the last apostle to die. They were carrying from church to church, and, and they were like, okay, John, preach to us because you're the last uh, uh, apostle. 
And John says, I, I have a new message. And, and they'll, they'll be like, okay, to tell us, well, love one another. Well, John, okay, we heard about it. Can you say that one more? Can, can you say uh, something else? And he says, yes, I, I've got something else. Love one another. Because the ultimate level that you can know the Lord in your spiritual life, it is when you love as Jesus did. It is when you love sacrificially as Jesus did. Now, John says, listen, if you love like that, there's no stumbling block. You're never going to be a stumbling block for the people that want to come to, to the Lord. L listen, that, that really, really got my attention. Do you know that we as Christians can be a stumbling block for the people that want to come to Christ? Not because we don't love our neighbors, but because in our hearts there is hatred. And John says, it's just impossible to live like that. If, if you always see somebody in the church that has something negative to say. No, you, you probably don't have these kind of people in Stephen Street, but I do have. You know, uh, uh, I've seen them, okay. They always have something negative to say. They, they, they always have to argue about something. They always have a chip on their shoulder. They always have to. You have to wonder, do they really know Jesus? I'm about to wrap this up. But before I do, we have to search our hearts and respond. And the question is, okay, to what level do I know Jesus? Do I claim I know him and obey his commandments do I do I say I'm in him and then keep his word do I say I abide in him and then Jesus is our all in all or do I say I'm in the light and the joy of my life is to bring somebody else with me into the kingdom of heaven. I'm not sure where you are this morning. But I know that every time when I preach. There will be people. That are not saved. And they, are, they know that they are not saved. And for these people. The best thing that can happen. And the best thing you can do. Is to come to the Lord today. And there's another set of people that. They come to church and they don't know if they are saved. They, they, they are saved, but every once in a while they doubt about, uh, uh, they, they doubt their salvation. And, and honestly, you know, if, if you look hard into your heart, if you are saved for a long time, there probably was several times that you question your salvation. And, and it's just fair. And there are people that they live in the light. 
And we praise God for those. And their greater joy is to live for the Lord and bring with them as many as they can to the kingdom of heaven for the glory of God. If you have to respond today, I would encourage you to search your heart and see if you know him or if you are in him or if you are abiding him or if you are living in the light. Why don't we just bow our heads together and search our, search our hearts.